begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris Milton and Ben Arbiturn on the internet for our Outer Rim transmission. Big episode this week. We have 118 is going to be all about Ahsoka. We have some pretty cool news to talk about with that show right off the top. But first, we are going to welcome back Milton, man. It's been it's been a while. It's been a while for all of us because we took a two-week hiatus and, and then you were gone for a couple weeks. So, yeah. What's been going on in your neck of the woods, man? Oh, I mean, things have been good, man. Just been busy. Um, obviously, I was gone for one of the weekends was for my birthday celebration. The other weekend was for my niece's first birthday. And obviously, you had some family stuff uh, occur last week. So pretty much that's why usually I'm not here. It's due to family stuff or vacations that are planned. But um, it's good to be back. It's good to talk Star Wars. Um, I know this is a big week for Star Wars and for Ahsoka premiering this Tuesday night, which is a change. Um, and we'll get into that tonight. But um, yeah, I'm happy to be back. And hopefully uh, tonight's a great episode. Oh, yeah. There's so much to get into in 60 minutes. And we're going to do our darnest to get that done. How's it going, Ben? Good, good. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat as Milton. Just, you know, dealing with doing a lot of different family things lately. And, uh, you know, just kind of enjoying the tail end of summer before we get into the fall. And, you know, back into the, like, the fall swing of things, whether it be the shows like it's nice having ahsoka come out you know during this time period because it feels like it's like you know we're getting back to the old times of like you know back in the day like the arrowverse shows starting up in september and like you know like you know we're getting back into a show like releasing in the fall so it's kind of a nice feeling getting back into that again oh yeah i mean you know, with the whole thing with the, the industry now is in flux with, you know, the the writer yep. strike, the actor strike. But, you know, it's always kind of that thing where they don't usually have big shows happening over summer. I'm talking about, you know, back to like Sopranos or Breaking Bad yep. and stuff like oh, Walking Dead. They would all take breaks on summer and like that first week of like you going back to school, you know, yep. people going back to work in September. It's like that's when people are back to their normal habits of, you know, summer's over. We're going to settle in. Okay, what's on on Sunday night? What's on on this week night? Because now we have some downtime where we're not going places, and this feels like the beginning of that. Like, okay, the the last week or so of August, we're getting into the groove of Star Wars. Can you believe it? Live action Star Wars. So yeah, I'm I'm hyped for that. Oh yeah, it's definitely um it's definitely a great way to get back into like, you know, just back into the fall and back into the flow of things for shows. Like we have Ahsoka, we have Loki this fall as well. So it'll, it's a nice like little slate for you know star wars and superhero fans in general yeah so it's been a couple weeks so i'm sure we have some star wars life adventures and different things that we might want to mention now i know ben you're jumping at the gun to tell us your story so what's it man yeah so i had a really interesting one so um so this past week i was watching i was just relaxing i was like what star wars movie do i feel like watching and um you know, I had actually, uh, like, the day, like, prior or whatever, I don't know, like, I saw, you know, our friend Hannah from the race. I, like, she's always talking about the Phantom Menace and stuff. So I was like, man, I haven't watched that since, you know, basically, you know, we did our commentary. It's been a long time since I've watched that movie. So I was like, man, I'm going to I'm gonna have to uh, turn that on. So I, so I watched the Phantom Menace. And I, while I was watching it, I was like, I started thinking about stuff about it. And I was like, man. I just want to like look up the script for this when I'm watching it. So like I found the script online and I was just like watching the movie while like reading the script, like scene by scene with it with while watching the movie. 
And like I came across some interesting things while reading through the script and watching it at the same time. So like I think the most interesting thing of note though is when Qui-Gon discovers um who Padme is actually. So, you know, obviously like the movie, you know, we we know like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan like or at least Qui-Gon anyways like is on to it, you know, you know, especially by the end of the movie when she like reveals she's Padme. But with the Gungans and stuff, but the interesting part is that I never, it never even like crossed my mind at first. Um, and like it confirms it in the script actually. So back before, back when, uh, you know, Padme and like the queen and, you know, the guards and everybody are talking about, you know, should we leave or not? You know, um, at the beginning of the movie, the interesting thing is, so like when Padme's, the bodyguard, like the body double who's playing the queen, Sabe? you know, when she, yeah, Sabe, Sabe. Yeah. When Sabe, when Sabe like is talking, you know, you have Padme, like basically say like, um, whatever she says, like the hand, like, you know, we're with you or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever she says, like, you know, her line basically saying like, we're with you or we're like, we're, you know, we're in agreement with you, et cetera. Like, you know, that's like Padme giving the order to Sabe to say, Hey, we're good. I'm good with this plan. And the interesting thing is, in the script, actually, um, Obi-Wan doesn't realize it. Qui-Gon realizes it, and it's, you know, it's from, like, Qui-Gon's perspective. And in the script, it says that, like, you know, Qui-Gon notices the handmaiden give the queen the decision, and he thought that was really odd. And he, and Qui-Gon, like, he thought that was really odd that the handmaiden would would give the decision to the mm. queen instead of, instead of the other way around. So any and it said like from that point like forward, you know, Qui-Gon intuitively like knew who had the power in the situation. So basically it was basically saying Qui-Gon discovered she was the queen from the beginning of the movie. So it's like mm. that's an interesting thing like that was in the script. I was like, "Man, like so it's cool that they had that in there with her um with Qui-Gon discovering that." And then, you know, um, and then, you know, it got me like looking more into that sort of stuff. And it's cool that they actually like, so, you know, we don't, you know, we don't have that like direct conversation in the movie of Qui-Gon saying, ha ha, mm-hmm. I know, you know, I know you're the queen, but it's the interesting thing is, um, uh, in the, they actually kind of like indirectly canonize that actually from the script, even though it was in the script. So, you know, obviously it's canon, but it's cool that they like indirectly canonized it even more from the um what's the what's the book chris the canon book uh is it queen shadow yeah it's called okay so in in that book i i saw like a passage because when i was when i i it got me really going down the rabbit hole of this whole thing so there's like a passage of padme padme's taught like she's talking about how like the only person that like had ever discovered um, her being the queen so quickly was like a Jedi Knight named Qui-Gon Jinn or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And she like referenced that first meeting when Qui-Gon discovered it. Like, so it was mm. cool that they like kind of like indirectly canonized that part of the script into the Queen's Shadow book on top of like that being in the script. So I was like, man, that's a cool little like thing there I discovered. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that you went and searched for the script, I've never thought of doing that. It's really interesting to see... You know, yeah, I was he... just laying on the couch, you know, just scrolling, oh. like, as the scenes went by, just reading the script. Wow. And they just have them available for, like, any movie, basically, you could do? 
Yeah, yeah. So I started looking like you can just look up scripts. Like they have the full scripts for like so many movies. Like all the most of the Star Wars movies are up. Um, hmm. You know, there there's obviously like the Trevorrow script out there. Yeah. Um, for his Star Wars thing, but but yeah. So like I found the the Phantom Menace script, and like I said, it was just cool just seeing that. Like I was like, man, that's like I guess I never even thought of it because you know we all knew like Qui Gon obviously knew like or at least had a hint of it. But it's cool that like he discovered it like that early on in the movie. Wow. So, yeah, that was kind of like my week in Star Wars. So I was like, oh yeah, I figured that'd be an interesting little story to tell yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, that's a good introspection into the character of Qui Gon. You know, it's there was an interesting thing, um, and I guess I guess this could be my week in Star Wars. Now this kind of piggybacks off yours. <laughs> uh, what if scenario? I was talking with my my co- comic book dealer. Dale over at uh, Comic Relief in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, and uh, <laughs> there was the, the the issue that came out this week was Darth Vader issue seventy seven, and you have Darth Vader on a cover, and in behind him you have Qui Gon, you have Obi Wan, and there's a part in the comic book where uh, Vader's having a flashback going back to the teachings of an interaction between him and Qui Gon from Phantom Menace, and then him fighting against sparring against Obi Wan in actually the Obi Wan series. So it was interesting, but anyway, he had came up with the ideas like. You know, if if Qui-Gon trained Anakin and didn't die, Anakin would have never fallen to the dark side, never would have become Darth Vader. And I was like, that is a brilliant thing to think about. Yeah. Because, like, Obi-Wan was not really mature enough to, like, take him on as a Padawan because it was basically, like, Obi-Wan basically just got, had to get promoted, like, instantly to even have somebody to teach. So he by kinda, default, basically. Yeah, but default, he had to become a Jedi Knight at that point. You can't have a Padawan teaching a Padawan. So I thought I was like, oh my gosh, that that's really cool. Like again, there's like so many Star Wars like what if stories, right? Like another one was like, what if Leia was the Jedi and Luke was more of like never got discovered on Tatooine and just didn't even know he was a Jedi and all that sort of thing. So yep. I think those stories are really fun to think about. Just like. The what if of Star Wars. And, you know, we have the what if Marvel. I wouldn't mind, like, maybe Marvel putting out comics that would do that. Because I think at one point Dark, Har- Dark Horse did back in the day. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a fun one. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a, a fun one to think about. I mean, because if you think about it, like, Qui-Gon was, like, Anakin's, like, father figure and all that sort of stuff. So, like, yeah, I mean, I feel like Anakin wouldn't have... Um, turned or like just because like Qui-Gon in general like you know he was he was more just like on the edge of like the Jedi or he was always more skirting the lines of like the Jedi rules than any of them anyways so it's just like he uh you know it's cool it's cool to like think about that sort of stuff I mean heck even in even in Phantom Menace like he literally just flat out says to Anakin oh hey the Jedi says I you know they say I can't train you so you know screw that basically we'll just yep. watch what i'm doing anyways and take notes like <laughs> you know so it's just it's cool uh seeing like qui-gon like do what he does and i really i don't know he's always been a character for me like to me he's like the most like him and ahsoka i think are the most him ahsoka like those two are probably the most pure form of jedi in my opinion like on screen um but uh but yeah i mean that's why he's one of my favorite yeah and what about you, Milton? Do you have anything Star Wars uh, conversations with family members, anything like that over the last couple of weeks? Um, no, more of like a purchase. So, oh, 
think it was two weeks ago. It was the week of my niece's birthday party. My brother and I went out to this uh, this little like toy show collectible place, and they, they sell these vintage toys. I told you guys about this place before. Yeah. Yep. Um, he and I hung out. We went to this little thing, mm-hmm. and uh, this guy was selling a whole bunch of like Star Wars memorabilia, just in general. And he had like these books. Whoa. And so I was like, okay, let me see what he got. And I'm looking through, and he had the art of the prequel books, episodes oh. one, two, and three. Oh, man. And you know how expensive those books are. And yep. literally, he sold them, sold them to me for 15 bucks altogether. Oh, oh dang. That is a steal. I mean, they were still in great condition. Great condition. They're downstairs in my living room. They're in great condition. He's like, yeah, he's like, they're five bucks a piece. So all three of them, 15 bucks. And I was like, cool. I'm right there, done paid for them so i haven't read through them yet but i really do want to sit down when i get the time to actually just sit down and look at it it'd be kind of cool to go back see the art work of those prequels because i think that's something that i've never really not paid attention to but really looked into deeply like i have the artwork for um for rise of skywalker and i believe for force awakens i need to get it for the last jedi um mm. yeah it, it's cool that those books were just sitting there and again for cheap <laughs> you, you try to find those books anywhere else they're like 30 40 50 bucks a piece wow yeah. so and yeah. i would say those art books more than any of the current star wars books that not no offense to the, the art direction actually i'm pretty sure it's doug chang as well but anyway so i wouldn't be sledding him really i guess but like that stuff back then was like mind-blowing like seeing naboo starfighter mm-hmm. seeing how everything was so sleek and shiny compared to the 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 dull and used universe of Star Wars. So like looking at those art books, it's like, oh my gosh, this is Star Wars. Like yeah. this is crazy to see the concept designs of what they thought of was like this capital city of Coruscant and this you know, regal palaces of Naboo and, and just the, mm-hmm. the costume designs. Like that must look awesome, that book. I should, well, I should a lot a lot of it was inspired off of Ralph McQuarrie too. I know like oh, you know okay. a lot a lot of his work. Okay. It's, it's great to look at. If you look at a lot of Ralph McQuarrie's artwork during the production of those original trilogy films, the prequels took a lot of inspiration from that. You know, especially for designs that they couldn't mm-hmm. they couldn't put into the original trilogy because of the not they didn't have the technology to make the Emperor's Castle or the the city planet back in the eighties yeah. and seventies. So to to then take a lot of those designs that Ralph McQuarrie did for you know Chang and all those guys. Uh, to really just build upon that, it's a beautiful thing. I, I love looking at that type of stuff for Star Wars. So it was nice to see um, a lot of inspiration come to the full, to, to, to the center. But also, too, for these creators who were fans when those movies came out when they were kids to then play in the sandbox and put their own twist on it as well. Oh, yeah. So, so there you go. That's just some pretty good Star Wars uh, thoughts for the week. Um, we have Jesse in the chat. We have a uh, small Bento Sakura co-worker of mine. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us in the chat. And you guys all out there, if you're listening after the fact, go ahead, tune in on YouTube.com slash Starraptor every Sunday around 7 p.m. That is when our stream goes live. So you can interact just like those fine people in the chat and you could also listen to us on any podcast streaming app of your choice whether it be spotify apple music google uh, amazon anything we're on it well we're not on stitcher anymore because i think that got completely deleted but other than that <laughs> you'll find us just by searching out a rim transmission 
Uh, out this week, not much. We got the issue of Vader that I already alluded to. Uh, Darth Vader issue number 37. It ties into the Dark Droid storyline, which I'm really enjoying. For a crossover, it's really hitting its stride, even though we're only like three stories in. But I'm, I'm, I'm all in, I think, on that one with the dark possessing droids of the galaxy. But we are going to get into this discussion proper without further ado. We're talking about Ahsoka. It's what's on everybody's minds. First off, a big one. A real big one. There was like a, a code red. Oh my gosh, sound the alarms. I don't know what day. It was a couple days ago. They had a fan event. I don't know why they didn't invite Outer Room Transmission. Because we've been representing yep. Star Wars for the last couple years. But <laughs> eh, whatever. I'm not going to go too feel bad for that. But anyway, after this fan event, apparently they're going to allow everybody around the world to watch Star Wars Ahsoka on Tuesday nights prime time. Um, so 6 p.m. Uh, Western time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, sorry for the people out there in the UK. It's probably going to be like 4 or 5 in the morning over there, I'm guessing. <laughs> hey, but... hey, now, they, they, they've gotten they've gotten the last however many years of Star Wars shows. It's it's our turn. <laughs> yeah, so we've been... I know we've been shot from the rooftops for this chains for a while. Um, but I want to get your thoughts first, Millen, on... Um, what do you think about this change rather than doing the 3 a.m. at or 12 p.m. at the West Coast time? I think you might be muted. There we go. There you go. Oh, I think I think I think it's smart. Yeah, I think it's different because um, normally everyone's used to the Wednesday releases, whether it's with, whether it's with Marvel or Star Wars at this point. And I think with some of the sour taste and I'll even say with Marvel fans too, with the last couple shows that they've released and even with star Wars besides Andor, cause Andor was a pretty successful show. Wednesdays are good days. However, I think this particular show is different even from Obi-Wan because this is a character that everyone really, really has felt fell in has really yeah. fell in love with the last couple Five, past couple of years, I'll say the last five years, mm-hmm. Soka's popularity has really garnered a lot of attention and a lot of momentum. And with the success of Mandalorian, with the lukewarm reception of Boba Fett, and what they're trying to build in that Mandoverse of kind of like their Avengers to build up to the Thrawn um, encounter, this show has to hit. And I think mm-hmm. for them to even switch it up for release is smart. You, you, you got to make it different. You got to keep this. You, you got to separate this from what we had recent, most recently with with Mando and with, uh, or excuse me, with um, Obi Wan and with um, Book of Boba Fett. So I think it's smart that you release it on a Tuesday night, especially if it is good. You got all the reaction on Twitter, mm-hmm. YouTube, because a lot of the people will put their reviews out literally within an hour after the show premieres. So you know damn well. Tuesday night, going into Wednesday morning, people are going to wake up with reviews on Twitter, reviews on YouTube, especially if it's great. Momentum is going to build more for sure, which is smart marketing, in my opinion. I think just how we mentioned early on before the show started today, this goes back to even how like you look at shows back on HBO back in the day with The Wire, Mm -hmm. with The Sopranos, with Boardwalk Empire, with Walking Dead, how Sunday night, Mm-hmm. At eight, nine, ten o'clock at night, you were there to watch it. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, you talked about it at the water cooler. 
-hmm. obviously the water cooler is on social media so once you watch it it's instant man that show was effing fire bro did you see blah 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 retweet repost you know people cutting out clips to repost like it's if this yeah. show hits as we're hoping it will it's just smart marketing and put it on wednesday night excuse me tuesday night uh, yeah because I, yeah one because one i'm not waking up watch the show <laughs> at four o'clock in the morning as you guys know yeah. I, I get up at 3 30 to go work out at the gym yeah okay so then on top of that with me getting up early in the morning to go work out it's going to be nice to refresh it to say oh my god let me go check out some clips while i'm doing cardio yeah, oh, I, I like this one the night before. Let me, let me refresh my memory. Yeah. Or if you're working out in the morning, that's when you watch the reviews. You watch yeah. the reviews yeah. online. Yeah. That's the well, smart way to do it. So, because I, I know I know that's what I do. If I yeah. if I watch, you know, a game again, sports analogy, Sunday night football or Sunday football is coming up soon. Watch the game Sunday Sunday afternoon Sunday night. What do you do the next day in the morning? Everybody's talking morning. about the games. Yep. Yeah, they're talking about the games that happen. Man, did you see that game last night with the Cowboys or whoever? whoever? You see the Eagles game. But everybody's talking about it. All the sports networks in the morning are, are showing the, the, the highlights. Imagine YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all doing that. Like, like make that an event. Like, you, I think it's great. Mm. Eat up the morning time with all those people who get up early to get their day started to talk about Ahsoka, especially the nerds out there. And hell, even the not super fans of Star Wars. Like, come on, it's smart. It oh, is. And, and, and they must have confidence in the show to do what they're doing. That tells oh, you something. 100%, Milton. Like, all your points are spot on because, you know, if you think about it, um, you know, think about it in terms of like convenience most anybody unless you're like a hardcore nerd you're not going to watch the star wars show the marvel show whatever wednesday morning before work you're going to wait till wednesday night or something after work so now they can watch it tuesday night after they've gotten off work you know they're just chilling they can watch ahsoka till 10 30 or so and this week and then you know go to bed and then get up and go to the work the next day or school the next day and talk about it with their coworkers or their friends or whoever so it's perfect mm -hmm in terms of marketing and it's great they're not doing it just for the premiere you know it's for the entire season mm -hmm. which i hope they continue yeah. to do um so you know you have those bonuses and then you also have the bonuses in my opinion of like of the hardcore fans who are watching it in the middle of the night like like me like okay and a good example with me is andor like i know a lot of people love andor but like for me i was waking up at 3 a.m or actually i wasn't waking up i was staying up until 3 a.m. to watch Andor. And, you know, I was not liking it and not liking it and not liking it. And the thing is, you know, me being tired in the middle of the night, it like it makes me a harsher critic. Like, you know, I, I admitted it on this show. Like, you know, when I gave up watching Andor at 3 a.m. and just started watching it in the mornings at like 8 a.m., I was lesser of a critic because I wasn't tired and be like, OK, this better pay off or I wasted my hour of sleep, you know? So like. So it, it kind of shields them from potential, like, a little bit harsher criticism, which in terms is good. Like, people, you know, then it, it gives you more flexibility with your shows in general. So hopefully they continue to do this schedule with all their shows. Um, and then overall, you just get, I think, in theory, I would presume you probably get more viewership putting it yes. in prime time versus yes. having, you know, people wake up and go, okay, wait, is, it, is, is this show on, you know, like... Uh, Obviously not for like your brother Milton, but maybe like 
I don't know, your dad, like, or like someone who doesn't know Ahsoka's on Disney Plus, you know, so they don't have to wake up and fiddle with it like Wednesday night. So wait, is Ahsoka on Disney or Max or, or Hulu or like, you know, what? where's Ahsoka at? Like, so you know, the general, general people, you know, they'll be able to see like, oh, Ahsoka, Star Wars show, uh, Tuesday nights at nine. Like, so I think so here's, here's you have question, that big too, thing. Piggyback off that, Ben. What time are they releasing the show on Tuesday? Is it six o'clock? So, at, no, every Tuesday, every Tuesday at nine Eastern and nine, nine Eastern, nine Eastern Tuesday, six p.m. West Coast time. So, so nine Eastern, yeah. So, okay. so, right. so it's it, it's it's like the prime time slot, you know. So it's 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 perfect timing. I mean, of course, the first week's episode, you know, combined, it's like you know, with the, without the credits and stuff, I think it's around eighty-five minutes. So we're looking at like probably nine to ten thirty range. And then you got, um, you know, the following episodes, I'm sure will be more in like the, you know, like 35, 45 minute range. Right. So it'll, it, so we're looking at basically like the nine to 10 o'clock slot every Tuesday night. If, if, if I only thing I would have criticized that would have been making it at eight o'clock just because it's yep. middle of the work week and also too middle of school week because yep. school starting up. I mean, look, my, my, you know, my girlfriend's going to be mad when I say this, but she starts school tomorrow. She, she works for, she, she's an educator. But she has to start working this week. And so if 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 you have parents who have kids that go to school during the week, younger kids, let's say they go to bed by nine o'clock, you know, you're you're losing viewers. Yeah. Um mm. I wish like, it was eight, because Game of Th Game of Thrones was eight was eight o'clock. No, it wasn't. Yeah, if, if you started was at eight, that? oh I was thinking it was no, there was at nine o'clock. Oh, was if you it? started oh. at eight o'clock, especially like East Coast time, you can get those that range of 10 let's, let's say 8 to 12 year olds yep. like the character who will then watch it before they go to bed you know and then you know they'll talk about it um you know next day at school again that's more marketing right there so yep. i think i would have shifted it to eight o'clock you know so that that would be my only change of it but i i totally understand it being at nine um because of that prime time slot and also too you know, now that football starting, there's no way that they will put it on a Monday night at nine o'clock because of Monday night football. Oh, it'd get so it'd no get destroyed. Tuesday, and think about it this though: Tuesday's the only day throughout the year during football. There's no football. Yep. And honestly, like every day throughout the football season, there's football except for Tuesdays and sometimes Wednesdays. Yeah, and when and Wednesday nights are usually you know basically pre-gaming, talking about the Thursday games. So like, yes. you know, it's just. Tuesday night is a perfect time because that's more Tuesdays are always like for me, like the slower day of football season, I would say, because all the other days are football related. So right. it's good. They're doing it um, in that regard. And uh, yeah, it's just nice seeing them change up their strategies. That's another big yeah. thing. I think um, we got to like highlight here on the show tonight is like they're changing up their strategy. So like, you know, we changed up the time slot, which is huge. Like, like I just when the other day when I when I saw that news, I refreshed Twitter and it popped up and like I had to like triple take and read that. I was like, am I reading this properly? Like they're moving the time actually. Like they're actually after all these shows finally listening. So that was great. Um, and I think just overall they're changing their marketing strategy because you know, you have the time slot moving. You have, I mean, look at these little things. Um, like Chris, you sent it in the group chat, like like that little seven minute basically doc mini documentary they released. Like, you know, they're they're changing up the marketing so much for the show because they have so much confidence in this show. Like, you know, the importance of this show really for the, you know, for the Mandoverse and of course for the Mandalorian movie that's coming out. Like, like all of this stuff, you know, they're putting their eggs in this basket. And then, um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just like a big, you know, change of strategies over there at Lucasfilm. Yeah, so my take on all this is, first off, I, I think you guys basically covered every point I was going to say. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I got the ground covered there already. But just to kind of say my thing is, like, event viewing. Like, looking at Disney as a platform, I don't think they've ever really had anything like this. I'm surprised it took them this long to actually get something. It's like, you look at how well last of us did every single week the last of us gained viewers gained more viewers because of the hype you get behind the nine o'clock because like i get most people might be some people like my family we eat late so like eight o'clock we'd probably be missing it you know then so and it is still the end of summer well i guess most schools probably are in, are in school by then new jersey it's a little later but yeah, either way, like somebody's going to get cut out. But the main thing is you're going to get a lot more viewers at 12 rather than 3 a.m. <laughs> or at, I mean, at 9 rather than 3 a.m. Um, but it's cool because now you can have like viewing parties. So there's potentially more people that actually might watch the show because like myself, I'm going to be like, well, I'm going to have my mom watch with me because we usually watch it separate times. Like, oh, good. Now we can actually watch it together. Um, so you could potentially have, you know, other people like, Oh, what are you watching today? Oh, maybe I'll check it out with you. You know, like the, having that slot, having nothing else on that day is brilliant. Like you guys have already said, it doesn't look like anything else is coming out. I don't think there's any other big series because most of the time the big series will be coming out Sunday nights. So they literally have like free territory for all that buzz. And you know, as you said, content creators like myself, I'm jumping on, my editing software immediately after that and i'm going to be putting out videos and stuff like that and i'm sure they're going to track a lot better than the people that get aggravated when i put out videos and they're like oh you put spoilers in the title or whatever like that like there's not as much of an excuse now because if this thing is at nine o'clock there's gonna not not every 100 percent of people are gonna watch at nine but i would say the majority of the hardcore fans that want to know those details are probably going to do their best to watch it at nine and it's going to be better for the overall community to be able to interact right. all basically at the same time. Like everybody goes on Twitter at like 1030 after the thing and blah, 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 blah. Everybody's just going to get that riding into the next day. So, yeah, it's great to see. It's, it's fantastic yeah, to see no, that they're I, changing I things up. Yeah. I don't disagree at all. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's smart. I, I think that if, if I'm Kathleen or whomever was running, who's in charge of that marketing decision, final decision, I would say move it up to eight, but even that, if you still keep it at nine, it's still fine because you're going to get that traffic. And then look, it's three hours. I mean, look, it's all going to premiere at the same time. It's just six o'clock on the West Coast, nine o'clock on the East Coast. Literally, seven o'clock West Coast, ten o'clock East Coast. Everybody's on Twitter. Mm. Everybody's on Facebook. Everybody's on, you know, what's the other one that's linked up to Instagram? Whatever it's called, Threads or something. Oh um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like everybody's going to talk about it, especially if it's that great of an episode which again this tells you they have confidence in this show so i i mean knock on wood you guys can hear that <laughs> it's great because like i don't want this show to be trash because i'm gonna tell you right now y'all know damn well how i am if this show's trash i'm gonna come on this episode next week and say this shit was garbage like and oh, i'm gonna yeah. tell you why and, and and I'm gonna say that because I don't want to lose credibility with our audience, especially if if it's wishy washy. I'm like, eh, I'm not feeling, I'm not sure. I'm gonna be honest. 
yeah. I don't think it's going to be bad. If so, if it if it is, I'll be moving to Arc Two. Is all I gotta say. Like it, it I hope it's good. <laughs> I just uh, look and look. I said the same thing about Obi One. I said there's no yep. way they can mess that up. Now I'm not saying Obi One was completely messed up. I, they definitely dropped the ball. But Ahsoka though, like it's Dave Filoni, bro. Yeah. Like this is his love child. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Like if, him and George Lucas advocated for this character and made it special. Like. Everybody loves Ahsoka. I don't know anybody in my circle that actually likes Star Wars that completely trashes Ahsoka. Well, I mean, well here... See, this, this... No, go, on. go ahead. Oh, I was going to say here, I mean, you know, that's a good point. You're bringing that up. Like, so, you know, it's to kind of get into, like, of our Ahsoka, like, discussing point here, or dis discussion part of the show. Like, for me, I was, a, I was a person, you know, at first, I didn't like the character when she first debuted in the movie. I didn't like her early on in Clone Wars. And then, you know, that's just a testament to, like, Dave's writing. I was definitely in, like, the majority of people that were, like, not liking her character. Um, and, you know, you know, due to her, like, you know, the good writing, good character arc, good, good um, overall arc and character development to where she is now, like, she's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. So, like, that just shows good storytelling, good writing can change people's perspectives on Ahsoka. Like, like one of my good friends, he always brags to me. He was in the minority. He was, he was, he was in the loud minority of people that loved Ahsoka from the start. And, um, and, uh, and he always like tells me about it. He's like, you were one of those haters. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, I didn't like her character to start. And then now, you know, she's one of my favorites. And like, I'm so looking forward to seeing what happens with her in this series, because like, you know, you see so many cool things in, in, um, just in the marketing alone. And, and like the good thing to think about too, guys is like most of the time this, this Disney marketing is only from the first two or three episodes. So it's like, we're getting a lot of cool stuff, like whether it be the lightsaber fighting, the, um, the ships, the, um, the characters themselves, like our rebels characters. I mean, even, even the new lines from Hayden Christensen, like Hayden Anakin talking, like, so what are we going to be potentially getting like an Anakin, like ghost or something or flashback like in this show in the first you know three episodes because you know we're getting it in the marketing so it's like they're already showing their hand that anakin is is involved in the series to some degree so it just makes you wonder um you know the possibilities for this like especially since they're doing a two-part premiere right which which i, I assume we're going to get into that later because you know that's I, I did watch that i, I sent i watched the clip you guys sent and what the one that was most recently that they yeah. put out and then that little documentary. So, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, Chris. I'll, I'll let you do your thing. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I want to talk about the clip because I forget what it, it's called dual lightsabers or something. I thought it was just another teaser trailer. And I, and I told you, Ben, I was like, I'm done watching these stupid things. It's coming out in a week. I'm done. And then I was like, all right, let me take a peek. Oh, oh, this is a clip. Like, I'll watch the first clip for the show because it gives me a little bit of like, okay, this this, this is promising. And I was, it was very promising because I said, oh, my gosh, like, the Hera. I was not sold on Hera until I seen, like, an actual clip of um, whatever the actress's name is. It's not. <laughs> Who's wife. playing Hera? Yeah, oh, there Obi-Wan's Obi wife. Yeah, but she had, like, it had the, the music, but Kevin Kiner was playing and it felt yeah. like rebels it felt like rebels because it's like you have like multiple people doing different things at once in a mission it's like ahsoka's down there fighting this droid like a badass and this inquisitor's down there and then you have them flying 
in atmosphere in the the phantom or whatever it's called and, and then chopper's doing his thing and it's like this is literally live action rebels and i love i love the actress's voice uh mary uh, winstead mary elizabeth winstead i think she yep. did a great job with just like the delivery of the line even though it was like one line it was like oh that's hair right there like that, that that the connotations of how she spoke and everything like that i was like okay now i see it now i see it and now i can move yep. past my gripe of like oh she doesn't look or she might not sound like vanessa marshall all the way but it's like yep i got and, the vibes and, and i feel it absolutely and, and this is where i think and before i get into about that clip this is why i think a lot of people need to understand especially like when it comes to live action versus animation obviously the actors and actresses who voice them in the clone wars you know they're, they're voice actors for a reason unless like they're established stars like Sam Jackson, who's come back a couple of times, Christopher Lee before he died, Billy D, Billy D, Ian or Ian McDermott, like they're 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 great actors who can transition into both. Mark Hamill, same thing. Um, so I'm I'm fine with the voice actors staying in their lane versus the live action actors who are doing it. As long as they keep true to the character, I don't really care about the voice. I mean, it's like look at look at Hayden versus Matt Lanter. I mean, they're they're both different types of actors. But the character's pretty much consistent. And hell, it's got a lot of growth since Matt Lanter came in to voice Anakin, which is great. Um, but about the clip itself, it's a great clip. I mean, that's Hera. That's Hera from oh. Clone Wars. Like, I mean, to me, I see no difference except for she's now a live action person that I can potentially physically touch, you know? Yeah. Um, Chopper's Chopper. We, we all know who he is. He, he's, he's a prick. So we, we, I expect <laughs> that. Um, and obviously Ahsoka wrecking. This is what I'm talking about. Ahsoka wrecking people, that's how it should be. Yeah. It should not be her struggling against an Inquisitor because she's already proved that she's more powerful than a lot of these Inquisitors. They're not that great unless they're fighting an amateur Jedi. She mm -hmm. was trained by Obi-Wan freaking Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker mm -hmm. and Yoda. She should and, not lose And, and Plo Koon a little bit. And Plo Koon. Yeah. So like, if anyone tries to tell me Oh, Ahsoka's OP. She's too powerful. Look at her teachers, bro. She should like, be. Like she should be nice. Like they they showed that in the last season of Clone Wars, how Anakin would how they showed how she was trained. Yeah. He did not take it easy on her. So when you have one of the greatest Jedi's who then transition to one of the most terrifying villains of all time, train you up. You better be nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying you better not lose many fights. So to me, it just makes sense to see how she moved, how she used the sabers. She doesn't seem to struggle for the most part. I'm sure there's some battles here. Like when she fights that Balin guy, I can see that being a, a difficult fight because he's been around for a minute. Like you can definitely tell, even when he says, hey, before Anakin became who he did, the jet, you know, whatever he says, he's been around the block. So I'm sure he's got a lot of training, a lot of knowledge that, you yeah. know, that she yeah. probably doesn't know about. So that makes sense that that battle will be somewhat difficult. But up against some regular inquisitor nah she shouldn't struggle but I, I love the clip yeah i loved hearing hayden god man i got the goosebump yeah all right I, yeah it's that's amazing let's talk about well, that yeah ben i think i don't know if you told me about no it was it was heather rayside had yeah. her as a guest on the show i actually tuned into her her stream that was like early our morning her our time and it was so funny because she was pulling out the the whiteboard and she was scribbling down yeah like, I saw that. <laughs> yeah I watched that too. <laughs> it was, it like, was that's good star wars 
digging right there. That's a good well, Star Wars speculating and theorizing. I just break it out the whiteboard. I loved it. Oh yeah, it was funny. So, so I had actually gotten up. It was about. It was. It was just as she was actually getting done streaming. The only reason I knew it because I got up. It was like at four fifteen to get a drink. And I looked down at my phone. I was like, oh, Hannah's streaming. I wonder why she's streaming. And, and, you know, I thought normally she only streams in the middle of the night if there's a trailer released or something. And I was like, oh, no, is there a Ahsoka trailer that's out? And I quickly look at it and watch it and was like, oh, my gosh, because I see like your messages, Chris. And then I have, I have like my cousin sent me messages in the middle of the night saying, dude, there's a new trailer out, blah, 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 blah. So like I watched it real quick and was like, holy smokes. Like, so I knew instantly, like as soon as I saw that notification, I was like, uh oh, there must be a trailer out. Um. And then, you know, just the fact that, like, the fact that, like, Hayden's back, like, that they, they're not even hiding it. Like, that's the cool thing. Like, you know, it's like, hey, it's that's out smart. there. You know, it's out there. It's smart. Like, the thing is, you don't need to be secretive about this stuff. Like, this isn't, like, it's you know, this is the, yeah, this isn't J.J. Yeah. Abrams stuff. Like, this is, this is Star Wars. Like, fans know Anakin would be involved. And it gets your normie type people that are, like, Oh, Anakin's in this show, maybe like yeah. as a ghost or something. Like you know, you get your normal people that aren't following heavily. Like you get those type of people excited about potentially seeing Anakin again. So like, I think it just it benefits them in every way possible. So like, I don't see why not. Like, and then you know, like I said, it's just an overall new strategy for Lucasfilm. Like you know, this this trailer, the the new time slot, the marketing. Like, like yeah, I just I just thought this trailer was genius that they released it, and the fact that it was like. Hayden talking like gotta love it and and I can't wait to yeah. see what scene we actually see that play out in so, yeah even even talking about it now like your boys got the goosebumps right now because again I I love that scene like I I can't wait for it because all I envision is the Jedi's tale or the the tales of the Jedi when the episode yeah. where Ahsoka was being trained I think of Matt Lancer's voice when he's talking to Ahsoka during the blaster training. And I think of them rec kind of rec recreating that scene, but a different type of training with Hayden now mm -hmm. saying, okay, I'm going to prepare you. My job is to prepare you. I won't always be there. And I can't wait for that because I just want to see, it's, it's going to be a young actress playing Ahsoka. I think yeah. for those flashback scenes yeah. when they show that and Hayden, I cannot wait for that because I want to see them both fight each other. I want to see Hayden really be a mentor. And it's like, my God, dude, like this is really going to then complete Hayden, I think Hayden's arc is playing that character. I think like it's now yeah. that he's finally going to be with Ahsoka, and it's like, oh my god, it's truly going to make Revenge of the Sith even more light like, special. Yeah, you know that they were together at some point. I love how Hayden Christensen sort of sounds a little bit like a melding of obviously him and Matt Lanter. I think it's because yep. the dialogue of Dave Filoni, the way it's written. It just so like good. oh yeah you're you're you know you're gonna be facing more than battle droids or whatever the heck the line was as insinuated it was during the Clone Wars and teaching her, but just the fact that like Lucasfilm acknowledges that literally almost a year it's probably over a year ago that we had that report from Hollywood Reporter saying he was gonna be in it, so they finally got around to be like all right we acknowledge that he's in it but we're not gonna actually show you him it's like all right this is our acknowledgement yeah. that we can hear him. We know it's new oh, dialogue. Our Star oh, Wars brains kick yeah. off and say, we've never heard this line of dialogue before. This is yeah. for this show, but at least we don't see it yet. It, you know, it's, well, it's going to be... Can you imagine him in the in the Clone Wars gear, though? Yeah. Like, actually seeing well, him in well, the Clone Wars armor? That's going to be crazy. Well, think about, think about this, guys. We've talked about this, like, not this past November, but, like, November of, like, pro of like 
2021 actually like our first year of podcasting i believe is when it was but we talked about it that first winter when remember rosario was like november december rosario posted a picture of her and hayden and was like you know it's great to be working with you sky guy or whatever and then she deleted it and it was like it's like what was that and then you know like seven eight months later into uh that year they you know hollywood reporter was talking about it and all that stuff so it's like you know, we go from Rosario leaking it to Hollywood Reporter and then all these things. And then now, like, we're finally here and they're like, yeah, let's just embrace it and just say, yeah, he's in the show. As they should. Like, like we're not stupid. It's 2023. We can figure out anything. Like, I'm telling you, like. Everybody has a phone. <laughs> exactly. And there's how many leakers out there? How many, quote unquote, you know, uh, sources yeah. out there that. I know. Has them. Information. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but say say you you know a couple of them. I'm sure Chris, you got a couple people in your life, and, and well, that you might know. But it's like I guarantee they have Jason Ward, your boy, a band. Yeah, I'm sure he has things that he hasn't told you yet. Oh yeah, sure no, I mean, ah. oh yeah, no, I mean, so so like he's I, I've asked him before about certain things, and he said you know he knows stuff about the show that he hasn't leaked intentionally because he doesn't want it out yes. there. Like right, right, and, and and I'm sure we'll get into predictions later. Yeah, there, there, there are things about this show that I don't need to know because here's the thing: <laughs> I actually want to go into it surprised because one, mm-hmm. I love, I love Hayden. Like I'm one of the Hayden champions, and this going back to 2005 when I was 18. Yep. I, hell, 2003, 2002 when I was 13, 12, 12, 13. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'll always rock with Hayden Christians as, as Anakin. So if anyone tries to tell me he was trash, miss me with that. I'll tell you to your face, you're stupid. Because he, he was he was a great Anakin. He just he did what he did with what the material that he was given. Is George Lucas the greatest writer? No. Is he is he the greatest director? No. But he's a hell of a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Anakin or Hayden, who at the time was like twenty years old, mm-hmm. you know, he's a young actor. He did what he needed to do as an actor. You know, so like yeah. I'm always been championing him, and I love that he's getting the opportunity to work with a seasoned veteran who knows Star Wars. That's the thing. Dave understands and knows Star Wars. And he understands Anakin Skywalker and Ahsoka's relationship, which is going to be great to see in this. Yes. Flashbacks well, or Force Ghosts. Well, the the interesting thing that you say that um that you bring that up about like the writing with Lucas and stuff, you know, as I like have gotten more and more like into movies and everything over the years, it's you know, when you watch Attack of the Clones and when you watch um Revenge of the Sith, you know, I finally like it finally clicked for me, like Hayden's acting and the writing, it finally clicked when you start thinking about it. Cause it's like, man, you know, if you think about the way Vader talks in the original trilogy, like I could hear Anakin talking like the way Vader talks in the original trilogy, oh. but also like the, the Hayden lines from like attack of the clones or revenge of the Sith. Like you could imagine Darth Vader saying, saying those things like, you know, when Anakin's talking about slaughtering the Tuscans, when he's like, what have I done? Blah, blah, blah. Like that whole thing. Like you could hear Vader saying that sort of stuff. So it's cool to like, you know, once you like really like think about it and like, you know, comb over, it's like, man, like it's consistent with the Vader character from the original trilogy. So it's cool to like, kind of see that and then um you know like you said too milton you know it's just so like i don't know it's just so special they're bringing hayden back it really is like i think that's another part of it like moving to prime time as well of course like all these other things we've talked about but like i think the fact that they're bringing hayden in and then also um you know the fact that it's like you know, it's like a primetime, like Jedi type show. Like, you know, like that's a big thing, I think, for general audience members. And then, you know, 
you have like the introduction of let's say all intents and purposes like the thanos of the star wars universe being thrown like getting introduced in this series at some point which they have to get the general audience on board with him because he's going to be the villain of their movie so like you have to if you're expecting the general audience to come out for a movie you have to get them on board like you can't just throw thrawn into the marketing for the mandalorian movie and hope they show up like you know you have to give them a reason to and this is kind of like their pseudo mcu introduction of thanos right yeah um i do want to say i think ben you mentioned this a little bit how great the marketing has been for this series i mean excellent i i I think they are putting so much into it well one of the big reasons is because the strike and literally they can't get their actors to go out and actually promote it which is a travesty like you should be having rosario dawson and you know everybody dave everybody should be on all these talk shows really drumming up and and getting their flowers for hopefully how awesome this is gonna be well well, just to throw out there real quick chris and i'll let you continue just think when that hayden trailer got released the way they would have done normal marketing they would have had hayden christensen on one of these shows releasing that trailer talking about it so like you know but they can't do that now so yeah continue though yeah so i'm really liking how this feels like the promotion of a movie i feel like mando season three really didn't even get that much promotion it was like i'm so done with mandalorian promotion because it's not been that great for me at all like the trailers never really sell me the way that they sold me for this ahsoka trailer like this seems like it's getting that treatment that a movie would like you're getting that clip which really sells you you're getting awesome dialogue in a little tv spot you're getting a trailer that reveals thrawn and reveals that sabine is actually the apprentice of ahsoka you're getting tv spots where ahsoka is like sparring with sabine and teaching her it's like this stuff is awesome and just something about it like you said before about the seven minute like little documentary we never got anything like that for mandalorian it just seems like they're putting everything into this series because i think another reason why is because we're not going to get star wars i hate to say it probably the rest of the year i I really don't think at this um, point that we're getting skeleton crew this it's it's off the calendar uh the strike is going on way too long at this point um and besides loki they're not going to really have much either so i think you know disney lucasfilm is putting the most promotion they can in this because they simply need to at this point. The last couple of things they've put out have not really been that inspiring for people. So if they're going to go away for a while, they got to go off with a freaking bang. And that means they got to get as many eyes on this stuff as they possibly can. And, you know, like I'm seeing the, the, the TV spots on, on TV, just walking by constantly in the gym and all this stuff. Like this stuff is out there. The eyes are out there. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's. I, I think this show. I, I think it will be successful. And again, we'll, we'll get into this when our predictions. But I think the marketing piece of it has been. I wouldn't say perfect. You know, I think that's like that's too much pressure and that's unfair. I would say it's done its job. I would say I, I haven't been disappointed with what I'm seeing because they're not. Again, I don't really know what's happening with this show. I don't know the entire plot. I know they're going to be looking for Thrawn. I know Ezra is someone they're looking for. I don't know what Hayden's role or Anakin's role is going to be, you know, exactly. I mean, I know he's in the show. He's going to be some, have some type of impact. But how is this show going to end? I don't know how this season is going to end. Are there going to be multiple seasons? Is it going to lead into other things? I don't know. I mean, we know there's a plan in place. 
But that's a, that's the smart thing about this marketing is that they haven't released too much to where it's like, okay, I know the whole entire story. I can make a significant educated guess that this is how it's going to play out. So, Yeah. So let's talk about what we hope, what we expect from the series. We'll talk all about the marketing, the trailers, TV spots, and all that stuff. Let's, let's get a little bit deeper into... Um, where do we hope this is going to take our characters, simply put? Because that's the most important I, thing. Well, I'm going to start this off first. So, I've said this before. I think I said it maybe like a couple years ago, whenever we were talking about um, Clone Wars at one point. But actually, it was about the movies. And I think I said about this could be used in the movies if I was trying to bring in like young Luke or young Hayden or whomever. The world between worlds. I think I think we're getting that in the series. I truly believe that they're going to bring in the world between worlds. Um, somehow they're, they're going to show us different potential things that happens. Like, if, if let's say they may show like Ahsoka's going to because you know she's going to be tested with her emotions of how things played out with Anakin. Because you know when she sees him, whether it's in like a Force Ghost, or whatever, you know she's going to ask questions about. Listen, like what, like why did you do what you did? You know. I can see them showing what potential outcomes could have been, uh, like if she would have went to Mustafar, you know, if she would have been the one that would have went there mm. instead of Obi Wan, or let's say instead of her fighting Maul to capture him, let's say you know she went off to help get the Chancellor. You know what I'm saying? Like I can see them showing like those different outcomes and possibilities, which would be kind of dope because then that could say, well, listen, Ahsoka, no matter what you would have done. Anakin would have still would have came Darth Vader. Like that was the uh, ultimate outcome. You really couldn't have changed his, his destiny. He was always destined to take that path. And he was always destined to then redeem himself, and destroy the Emperor, I guess bring balance to the Force. So I might that's my that's what I would want to see. I think that'd be a great yeah. way to tell that Ahsoka story, and also too to get her emotions to see how she is during this time because that's trauma for her too. Like we haven't really got into her trauma. As losing her master, losing her her family in the Jedi, losing like her not having that relationship with Luke and Leia. I mean, those are pretty much her nieces and nephews. You know and I'm saying like, so I would lo- I would love to see that. Yeah, for me, I think what I would like to see is, and they've been promoting the heck out of this, and I haven't really ever guessed this would happen. Was just the master apprentice relationship i think we're going to really dive in deep to that because that's been part of the marketing forefront is sabine getting trained by ahsoka um so i think we're going to see a lot of comparisons which is why the flashbacks are probably going to come in to compare how anakin trained ahsoka and how ahsoka is training sabine and we've seen in, in book of boba fett um how ahsoka oh no man of season two how ahsoka didn't want to train grogu she's like yeah you know something must have not worked out or something like that right so so i want to dive in deep into her psyche knowing that she left the jedi to order knowing that her master fell to the dark side what is that like how does she get inspired to train sabine and i guess you know the big question is is sabine just training in forms of martial combat or she actually has some force sensitivity and she's going to be utilizing the force to some degree to augment her abilities I don't know. I think that's going to be one of the biggest questions we have going on in here. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this show is called Ahsoka. We're, we're seeing that it's a lot more of an ensemble. We're seeing that Hera's got a big part in here. She's trying to convince the Senate of the New Republic, Mon Mothma and all, the, you know, 
this is a threat we cannot just sit back on our laurels and not really worry about it like we got to get involved so the main thing is, I just hope we get out of this something that we don't know about Ahsoka. Obviously, if the show is called Ahsoka, that should be the forefront of it, and all the other stuff will will still be important, but ancillary. Ben, yeah. Um, well, to bounce off both of your guys' points real quickly, um, an interesting point about the Master and Apprentice thing. Point out there. So for that dot, that little documentary, it's cool. You know, they have them talking Master and Apprentice about all the all the other ones, and then you got. Um, them talking about, of course, Ahsoka and Sabine. See, like, I've kind of, like, flipped camps a lot on this Sabine Force sensitivity thing. At first, I was like, nah, they're just showing their hand, you know, just to trick us and blah, blah, blah. But then when you have, like, Dave talking about it in that documentary and stuff, maybe, like, they put that out there also to, like, soften the knee-jerk reaction of fans going, oh, my gosh, she has the Force, you know what I mean? So, like, maybe it's actually going to be her having the Force or, like, you know, maybe just a little bit of the force. So, like, mm. I think there's that possibility. Um, and then also, I think another cool illusion, especially, you know, when you listen to, like, how John talks to, um, when they're saying, like, Master and Apprentice, like, the way that that plays out, like, it's indirectly, like, calling, like, Lucas the Master and Filoni the Apprentice, too, you know, when you're listening to that little documentary. And it's cool, like, I love the story so much from Dave, um about lucas when lucas was like you know anakin anakin's gonna have an apprentice and dave like corrected him and was like no he doesn't have an apprentice like uh, in any yeah. of the comics books or anything yeah he's like, well he has an apprentice and like <laughs> i love i love that he's like well he does now basically and yeah you know you know it's great like you know from dave's point of view he had to probably thought oh no i'm probably about to get fired here or something you know correcting the the boss of the company um but it, it was cool like hearing that little story so, yeah, I mean, you have that take on those. And then, like, the World Between Worlds thing, that's an interesting one, Milton. I think I think you I think you made a lot of good points there. Like, I think we're going to get it. I, if I had to guess, like, I would say most likely. Be, also, because, you know, if you look at just, like, the, the logo, the Ahsoka, the O on Ahsoka, it looks like the the World Between Worlds portal, like, the way it's just, just yep. drawn up. So, I and especially, I mean, I just watched the Rebels finale and um you know the final few episodes episodes of rebels today and like it looks like the portal for the world between worlds so you know i think there's a lot of things there my little prediction it's like a five percent prediction but i've I've said it ever since we like came across this idea of world between worlds you know dave famously said um ahsoka doesn't have to be dead to like talk through the force to ray and i think there's a chance if we go in the world between worlds I think oh. there's a chance like she's not going to like reach out to Ray and be like, Ray, like, you know, like use your power or something. But I think there's a chance he could like if she's, say, going through the world between worlds, maybe they indirectly add her saying Ray somehow, like maybe she says who's Ray or, you know, or, or you know, who's like, I don't know, you know, like and the word Ray comes out of her sentence and it goes, you know, into the whole sequence mm. we see in Rise. Like, I think there's a like a 5% chance of that. that. That's kind of like my little bold prediction. Um, but yeah, and then like in terms of what I'm expecting out of the series, you know, like you both mentioned, like I can't wait to see Hayden or I can't wait to see like Anakin, um, in this show. Like, I think it's going to be great whether it's be like a ghost or a flashback or, or whatever. And then you have, you know, the ancillary characters potentially with Anakin, you know, like Milton off your point, like if there's flashbacks and stuff or like even world between worlds looking like we might see ancillary characters like a Captain Rex, like a, um, Mm. 
Like another just famous Jedi, like maybe like a Kit Fisto or somebody's thrown in, or heck, Dave's favorite character, Plo Koon. Like, you know, those type of characters, you might see those guys in a potential flashback. So like there's those options that are out there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think those are like some of the best points, like even for me. And then I'm just excited to see how they build things up, um, you know, or overall just like the general audience, like getting them into this. And then just like the live action rebel sense, but just like, like, yeah, you know, there's pressure on the show mm-hmm. indirectly too. They have to sell Thrawn. Like, like Thrawn has to get sold to the yeah. hardcore fans who are going to criticize him, but they have to sell Thrawn to Chris's mom, who's going to be watching too, to get her to the theaters in what five years or whatever. So like, I'm I'm most excited to see how they do Thrawn, and like how they're gonna like get to Thrawn because Thrawn you know from what we've seen in Rebels I mean they're presumably like I don't know I mean Legends fans know it but like the un- they're pretty much in the unknown regions like mm-hmm. you know basically from what it seems like so like how are they going to get to basically the unknown regions from where they're at right now to even get to Ezra like I'm inter- mm. like those are all like interesting checkpoints oh to see gosh. how we're how we even get there yeah, I just want to see the un- the unknown regions in live action TV. I never would have thought I could say that, but like, there's a strong possibility that we might actually see the Chiss Ascendancy with Admiral Arlani and Eli Vanto and like, all those guys. And like, that's a whole nother quarter of the Star Wars universe. Like, the unknown regions are actually larger than lesser space, which is what the known space of Star Wars is, according yep. to the Star Wars um, Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy books. It's like. Oh my gosh, if they start like bringing that lore into like the mainstream, you guys are going to freaking lose your oh, minds. Chris. <laughs> um one one of my uh one of my one of my friends Star Wars Santa, he's he does he has a pretty good little good YouTube channel as well. And his his big thing, he's been saying it since we first got Ahsoka. He said he just prays they acknowledge in the Ahsoka series like of course you have Thrawn coming in doing his big bad stuff, but may, like Star Wars Santa's thing is like he wants them to go in and just acknowledge, like, have Thrawn acknowledge, like, there's a bigger threat of, like, the Grisk coming or yes. something. And, like, you know, he's that's what his Star Wars Santa's big thing is, is, like, you know, just acknowledge the bigger outside threat, even bigger than, like, the Empire. Um, so, like, it would be it would be really cool to see if they, like, do a deep cut like that. Mm. Um, yeah, guys, I think there's a lot of different possibilities with this show just because, you know, like with Star Wars, like, you know how it goes, um, Milton, like, with, like, with a a lot of the stuff like Mando, Obi-Wan, um, Boba, Andor, like it's kind of like layup stuff. We kind of can guess what's going to happen here. But with Dave Filoni, it's kind of like a wild card, almost like George Lucas. Like, you, you know what I'm saying, Milton? Like he could like do anything, basically. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. And, and one thing that I thought was interesting, I was under the assumption that Dave Filoni was writing and directing all eight episodes. And I was gravely mistaken on that point because he is directing episode one and another episode so he's actually doing just as many episodes as he would be doing during the mandalorian season so i found that very interesting but you have a large amount of awesome people involved with with the series um uh do not have the list pulled up right now but i do know that rick famua is doing the final episode so you know that that final episode is gonna have strong like lead into the Mandalorian season oh, yeah. four. So, 
Yeah, Dave's doing one in five. Um, Steph Green, she's doing two in three, I believe. So to me, and I don't remember the other directors, of course, Rick Femoya doing the, the finale is great. I love, I've consistently loved his direction. Like, like to me, of course, we're going to get Dave getting his movie. I, you know, you could easily see John getting a movie someday. But like Rick Femoya, I feel like he has like the Star Wars feel. I could easily right. see him getting a movie. Um, and then like with Steph Green doing like back-to-back episodes two and three that makes me think the second episode leads into the third one to some degree and then like you know with dave doing the fifth one my guess and mind you also um rosario said in like one of the um interviews or whatever that came out over this past week like like that fifth episode was like one of her favorites or something so like obviously we get some big stuff in that one if i had to guess like I think that's where your world between worlds is going to come in. Like your prediction, Milton, I think, cause I don't know, you know, it'd be probably too early for the first episode. So I think the fifth episode feels more right for something like that. Heck yeah. Um, yeah, we have a bunch of people buzzing in, in the chat room tonight. Uh, we have Jesse Bennett, a uh, good friend nice. of the show. And he had just finished watching rebels for the first time on friday oh, wow. to prepare for tuesday talk about getting it to the last minute jesse holy crap <laughs> <laughs> well here here's a question for you guys and even the chat um what do you guys think about potentially getting vader in this series obviously not in like present day but the thing is we do hear vader's breathing apparatus mm -hmm. in one of those trailers so do you think we're gonna get um something with vader in the show i really hope not i feel like vader's been you know what so though I, I agree i don't i really don't want him i mean and, and not not because i mean i don't like vader it's not that it's yeah. just I mean, this, look when I, when I think of ahsoka i think of anakin skywalker like, i mean yep. yeah we, we got the encounter in rebels season is it three no two. two um it's like no i i rather see hayden and uh, rosario i don't want to see no one i don't want to see a big black suit i just want to see hayden i will <laughs> say if they have World Between Worlds, I wouldn't put it past them to have like a quick glimpse at her fighting Darth That's Vader, fine. and which, like like a quick like blink and you miss it, kind of like in the background. Like she looks and be like, "Yeah, I fought Vader, and, and everybody thought I was dead, and then right. I entered the World Between Worlds." Like that could be like their little um, uh, exposition, right? That exposition mode, giving information to the viewers of not raw troubles. Like, what the heck is this place? Why, why is time travel and Star Wars and all this sort sure. of thing like? Or, or you can just show, like I said, the, the different outcomes of what if, if she made different choices. Like, because again, like my my father probably wouldn't know who Ahsoka is. I don't think. No, he wouldn't. Like, if he says, "Well, the Anakin had an apprentice," yeah, Dad, and she's I'm showing you what her choices would have been if she did X, Y, and Z. Oh, she she didn't know he was Darth Vader. You know, he he would think that. So. Again, I wouldn't mind if they showed it that way. If they want to show the different outcomes of what Anakin becomes, I would be interested too. Not even, um, say, from a fighting perspective. What if they show here? Here's one. I mean, I just thought of this on the spot. What if they show us just like a a little side angle? You know, we hear Vader's breathing. Doesn't mean exactly when uh, potentially she would be seeing it. Like, what if what if she sees in the world between worlds, like Luke taking Vader's mask off or something? Like right. maybe that, that. that that's fine. Yeah, I don't. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't need to actually see Vader do anything. Like I, yep. I, I'm. I'm just like I'm not tired of Vader, obviously, because I watch Star Wars all day, every day, if I could. Yeah. But like, 
I think with them trying to expand this character in this universe within this pocket of Star Wars, because this is that five to seven year gap of like after Return of the Jedi. So like I want to get away from Vader because at this point Vader Vader's not really relevant at this point. Like he's dead, so he's yep. he's gone. Like yeah, he, he's had a significant impact on the universe, but now it's Ahsoka trying to figure out Thrawn. You know what I'm saying? So if, if they want to show him, fine, just make it like a quick like glance, like like Chris said. It don't need to be a full episode of him. I don't. Need oh that. yeah, I think I think with Vader, if we if we get him in this series at all, it's gonna be maybe. It's it like you said, Chris. It's gonna be kind of like your exposition dump. It'll may maybe like a ten second quick like like quick little five ten second thing in the world between worlds when she's walking around or something. But I don't think much more than that. But I I, I don't know. I just feel like it's Dave too though. Like Dave, I don't know. It just seems like Dave couldn't resist to work with Vader in live action. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I don't know. It just seems like a Dave thing. Yeah, could be. I don't know. Um, do you guys, what last things do you have to say about Ahsoka? Are there any big theories, any big kind of, um, we'll talk about just like the guilty pleasures or like, oh, crazy, like cameos or whatever things don't really particularly matter the story. Anybody got anything like that? Um, I mean, like, I mean, look, if if I say can't, okay, we'll get into cameos real quick. If I wanted to actually see a cameo, um, wouldn't it be crazy if we got some type of cameo with Natalie Portman as Padme? Oh, Ooh. oh! You know, like, like, let's say, let's say you get an interaction between Soka and Padme again, world, world between worlds, or flashback of like, and let, let's let's say she knew about Padme and Anakin the whole time, like she found it out. Like we've got a scene of that. She and she just never said anything. Like, okay, that'd be something I didn't predict. I'm like, oh my god, like she knew. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and no one said anything. So if we got something with Padme of Natalie popping up for a good minute scene, of Anakin and her getting together, and Soka in the background, she happens to spot him looking ah. out in the corner. Okay, cool. There you go. I mean, Mar. I mean, Marvel got her. Disney got her on the payroll for uh, Thor Ragnarok. Maybe that was part of the deal. It's like, oh, you'll be in Thor, but you got to do a five minute uh, thing in Star Wars. Okay, that's how we do it. <laughs> Hey, I mean, to add a little credibility to that, Milton, like, speculative-wise, like, Natalie Portman, like, hard-denied Star Wars hasn't contacted her in years, so maybe, maybe that was part of it. Like, covering it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, I think it's already been said, if they if they make any reference, if we go into the Unruh regions at all, if we mention anything about... Uh, you know, Grisk or anything like that. Uh, something like pie in the sky kind of thought would be like, what if we get a scene between Luke, Ahsoka, and Force Ghost Anakin? That would just like rule so hard, man. If we got those three yeah. characters no, together, be, that'd be pretty badass. If we got a young Luke, because now the technology is there yep. to bring him in. Yeah. You no, know, like I'm, again, I don't think we need him. If they somehow said, "Okay, let's let's somehow bring in Luke to assist her on, on the side, something," and all of a sudden Hayden pops up as a ghost, because I mean he's seen him already, like in at the end of Return of the Jedi, it wouldn't be shocking. But just to see that dialogue, that would be kind of dope. <laughs> yeah, I mean those are good predictions for me. Oh, let's think of a out on the limb prediction. I mean, I guess this is. I mean, I could see this happening 
maybe not in the Ahsoka show, but I guess this would be more for the movie. Um, but I think I think long term, eventually, whether it be in this Ahsoka show or the movie, I could see Dave just like out of pure like creative ego wise and just like creativity wise, I I could see Dave eventually wanting, whether it be this show or his movie, to have get us a picture of Han, Luke, and Leia with his rebels crew like so you get his creations with george's creations all on screen together like i think i i could see that potentially being like a mural for the mando movie or something like or you know like just something i could see that happening long term maybe not in this series because the series is just leading up to thrawn um but i could see that being like a more bigger term plan um but in regards for this show oh man a, a big a big picture thing for me or a big prediction thing for me would be just, yeah, I mean, seeing some of those type of big unexpected cameos. Like, you know, think about it. Like, you know, we already know Mon Moth was in the show and stuff. So what's to say Leia and Han aren't there? A pregnant Leia and Han aren't there potentially. Ah. Oh. You know, think about oh. that. Like, oh. like what if a, what if, what if a, because that lines up perfectly with the timeline for Kylo's yep. age, basically. So who's to say well, he was a born pregnant like a year Leia? After yeah. yeah, I was yeah, saying, who, was. or yeah, who, yeah, who, Who's He'd to be say, like four or five years old at that point. Yeah, or who's to say, yeah, or, or you know, what if Han and Leia show up with a little boy, like a four or five-year-old little boy with them? Like, I could see, like, that being kind of in my bold prediction range of, like, you know, and it's not even, like, that far of an out-there prediction just because it's, yeah. like, I could I could yeah. conceivably see that happening. And then, um, you know, uh, yeah, like... I don't know. I just I just think with Dave, like there's a lot of wild cards like that. Um also to throw out there as well, guys, along with those characters, like of course our iconic characters, um, do you think any of Dave's other creations um or do you have any predictions like who do you think from like say Rebels or Clone Wars could make an appearance? Like like for me, if I had to go out on a limb, like a wild card prediction that I would like selfishly want, I would love like to have Hondo in this show. Like just 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 throw hondo in for some type of a cameo like i would love to see ahsoka like look for information and like have to go to hondo for something like yeah it can't be that difficult because again we have a live action version of, of him in florida and in california on the smugglers yeah. run ride right like you got the full live action uh mannequin version of himself there so it's not hard to just put somebody in that same suit and just have him like vo'd by the guy that does winnie the pooh yeah yeah um i mean i guess to just to make a prediction like that who's the who's the boy that ahsoka was into uh he was like a young senator oh young, okay well i'm gonna have to push you know what i'm talking the, about yeah i forget I'm his name i'm gonna oh, have to man. push up the glasses on the invisible glasses on my nose right now because um yeah well according name, that, that kid because like, i know they were like yeah. he was in like government something he was like in young government or junior republic or something yeah and like was he bad or his family was bad or they were he like was part of this yeah. his mother was part of the separatists and she was killed yeah so he yeah, is that character, dead he came back he, he is die? actually dead in the star wars battlefront 2 tie novel inferno squad he was killed know that. um because he was part of like the early rebellion and Iden versio and gideon oh. hask and mm -hmm. all them like infiltrated a rebel cell and he ended up being like the person in charge way at the end of the book and i'm sorry if i spoiled it but this book has been out for almost 10 years 
Um, <laughs> so basically, no idea. he got killed in the end. Iniversio, I'm pretty sure, was the one that killed him because that was her mission. Okay, then never uh, mind. Then. Yeah, no that was a good guess though because you're not the first person I've heard that that mentioned that. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah he, he but... Lux Bonteri. Now, as long as I don't care who they bring in, as long as it's, it's justified and it yeah. makes sense for the story. Now, um, just one more question as well talking prediction ideas and stuff so what do you guys think um about jedi predictions like say through the world between worlds or flashbacks what have you like for me i think like if i had to go out on a limb i think this would be the perfect opportunity for dave to like get you know plo koon into yeah. something like like that it's either to me it's like plo koon like some of those prequel jedi i think could be popping up maybe yeah plo koon let's get another um appearance of i'm at best as uh the saber hand himself back in yep. there uh yeah there's a lot of potential for jedi throw i'll say throw quinlan voss in every single time because we know he's alive well, actually no we don't know Wait, he's alive what, he could what, be what dead you got a scene just with the jedi council like let's say the jedi oh council man uh, ahsoka like let's say it's around the time when she gets expelled or she leaves the order hmm. or what if we got a live action version of that that'd be a dope ass scene see that perspective in live action of when she decides to leave the order. Mm. You know, you do have Sam Jackson coming back, Frank Oz, you know, you can get different actors to play those other Jedi aliens. Cause you don't, they don't have to see their faces. Um, Ewan as, as Obi-Wan, like MC, you can do it. Like it, that'd be kind of fire. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you have the council members potentially, I think also the easiest one. I mean, I'm sure plenty of people talked about it by now, you know, you already have them there. Like, un, you know, dealing with Lucasfilm stuff like Ewan is Obi-Wan in a flashback like if you have Hayden potentially like just imagine like if we would see Hayden like it's just the Rebels scene or the Clone Wars scene everybody wants like Hayden in Clone Wars outfit Obi-Wan in the white Clone Wars armor like I would or Ewan in that like that would be incredible yeah. wow we got a couple um speculation we got some speculation in Shadow of Dark Nerd Gonzo uh, it's great to have you on the chat, man. I know our new time slot is not lining up with your schedule, but we're happy that you were able to make it tonight. Um, would like a Palpatine or early Stoke cameo with Exegol. Okay, that's ooh, that's, a that's interesting. That would be really cool because we know they're trying to tie into first sense. order. I think, I think I think Snoke would make sense. Mm -hmm. That's a good one because Snoke could be. You said this ties into a Thrawn movie, correct, Ben? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I mean that's what that's where it's leading to is is the Mando right. movie. So so. I mean, look, Snoke could be on the strings. I mean, I know Snoke was, quote, created by Palpatine, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, Snoke could be around, which which would make sense. Or this is the early start of Snoke. So I like that idea. You know, guys, I wonder, too, when it comes to this, um, this whole, like, stuff with potentially Snoke. Obviously, we know Snoke's a clone and whatnot. But it makes you wonder if, like, Say, like, if we get, like, Snoke involved with this show to, like, even a little bit. I mean, we, you know, we have him hinted at in Mando. You know, we the cloning stuff, obviously. And then we have, um, you know, like, I think a lot of this stuff is, is like, doing almost a lot of the dirty work for the, for the sequel trilogy to, like, help buff them up a little more like the Clone Wars did for the prequels, you know? Um, so I think we are obviously going to, like, lead to the whole Snoke cloning thing eventually, um, but it makes me wonder if Dave and John are going to frame it in a way, because, you know, Dave's talking about taking so much inspiration from, 
you know, a lot of like the original Zon books, like from the nineties. And it makes me wonder if they're going to, uh, um, kind of frame Snoke in the pseudo Joris Sabaoth type, mm-hmm. you know, clone oh. thing, like, like for Thrawn, cause Thrawn, you know, in the original books, like he has the clone Ooh. Joris Sabaoth. So it makes you wonder, it makes you wonder like if we do lead to the Snoke stuff eventually, like, is Snoke going to be like kind of like the pseudo Joris Sabaoth for canon, basically? Like, are they going to basically kind of, you know, work the puzzle pieces in a way to get it to fit? Um, so then the sequel trilogy makes, you know, more sense per se. Mm. We got another one. Jesse Bennett is chiming to give us Belchie in live action. So that's the little <laughs> compatriot of Hondo, a little Ugna. I mean, yeah. we've gotten Kyol. We could see a Melchie, another Ugnaught. We had Ugnaughts in season three of The Mandalorian again there. Uh, so why not? Why not? Um, we have Dark Knight Guns also saying zombie stormtroopers. I could see that. That'd be that'd be cool. It's like, yeah, give us a backdoor pilot for like dark, dark troopers or death troopers spinoff. You know, they go to the unknown regions. They have, you know, like a one-off episode like Mando does where it's like, oh my gosh, somebody got infected and then we're bringing it back. Yeah, that's... That's going to be way out of left field, but still, that'd be cool to see in something in Star Wars in the next couple of years. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I think we had plenty of efficiency on this episode, just a little under an hour and a half, and we are able to really get into the weeds, whether it be the marketing or the actual content of what we expect, what we hope for the show. Um, this is the big one, guys. This is like... Next to Mandalorian season one and two, this is the the most hype I think I've felt tangibly for a Star Wars series because, a, it's got Dave Filoni and Ahsoka, but it's also got a, a long history of a, a, a beloved series Rebels and Clone Wars and everything revolving around that. For what we see in the, they did not you know spare no expense as Doctor Hammond from Jurassic Park puts it on this show because. I forgot to mention that this production quality looks so good in that clip. It looked like I'm watching a movie in some other series. Not going to name names. Uh, it looked like they Obi-Wan. skimped out on that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it looks like they skimped out on it sometimes with that one. But um, not this time. Not this time. But, yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for being on the show tonight, guys. Milton, Ben, it's been a pleasure. And, uh... We'll see you all back here next week, right? Both of you will be back here. We'll be breaking down. One week's time, we'll be breaking down episode one and two of Ahsoka. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's going to be It's exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to it because I know, I mean, I usually get off work around 4.30 every day. So by the time I get home around a little after 5, I'll be primed to watch it. And I'm off on Wednesday. Oh, no way. Yeah, so I'm off on Wednesday, which is kind of nice. It's perfect timing, so... Me to actually stay up late, watch the episodes. Like, okay, this is what I really thought of it because you'll get my instant reaction once. Yeah, all right, awesome. That's gonna be fun. Everybody on there immediately, like, oh man. Yeah, if if it's if it's fire as I think it will be, I'll send you guys a voice one and probably dropping a shit ton of f bombs. (laughs) (laughs) Those are always great. I always love your reactions, Milton. Yeah, Yeah. they get me hyped, man. They get me hyped. This this was was our hype check. I think we're all pretty hyped what about you ben where where can the people find you online yeah i mean you can find me um on twitter and instagram instagram i usually post my fitness stuff at real ben maynard and then twitter as well at real ben maynard i'll be just talking pretty much ahsoka and star wars the next few days and probably 
for the coming week and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a good time, and I can't wait to do it. And, you know, like it is, it's awesome to think, like, the next time we're on here, we've already, all of us, our viewers, everybody, we've all had seen Ahsoka by then. So it's like, it's going to be a great start to our week because it's early mm -hmm. part of the week. And it's basically watching a mini movie because, like I said earlier, combined, I believe it's about 85 minutes or so, 80 to 85 minutes um, without the credits. So it's nice that it's a good length. And, uh, yeah, it'll be a, uh, a really good time. And also, um, Milton, since you hadn't said it, um, if you want to follow Milton on Instagram, it's Milton7Weber on Instagram and then MiltonWeber7 on Twitter as well. Yeah, actually, it's flipped. You said you said. Oh, it is it flipped? Oh, <laughs> I was like, man, I I thought I had it right. Okay, so so flip that around. It's all guys. good. Yeah, yeah. Follow follow me on my socials. You know, I'm pretty active on Instagram throughout the week, especially on my yep. stories. Oh. Um, but nah, I mean, for real, for real, like, just I, look, I'm I'm hyped for the show. Can't wait. Um, I have a fantasy draft this Saturday, and then it's, you know, the, the, we're talking Star Wars on Sunday. So, let's get it done. And like, and actually, I, I just put turn on the chat or the, uh, the YouTube on my phone to look to see who was on it. So we had a lot of, like, guys and people on, like, interaction. That's pretty dope. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And, and once again, you guys could always join us for the lively chat, talking about Ahsoka over the next seven weeks. We go live every Sunday, just around 7 p.m. Eastern time. We go to about 8 p.m. Eastern time, approximately. Um, so join us in the chat. Join us like Dark Nerdy Gonzo, like Jesse Bennett. Uh, we had somebody else new that I didn't recognize. Uh, Derpy Entertainment was in here. Chris Forsyth was in here. Jesse Bennett. Uh, Small Bento Secura. So thank you. thanks again for everybody. If you want to be involved with some positive Star Wars community members, this is your place. We are a safe place for really awesome Star Wars talk. And we hope you guys can join us live. Yeah, share, to just share it with your friends. Out. Share it with your family. Like, That's right. We got you. Yep. And if good, you can't. Yeah. Good season of the show. If you can't watch live, we're also available to listen to on the fly. So just search Outer Rim Transmission on any of your podcast streaming apps of your choice, and we'll be there um, a little bit after uh, Sunday. Usually by Wednesday, I'm able to get that online. So well, I guess it's not going to be the most beneficial now because you'll be having seen a new episode, but then having listened to the episode from the week prior. So I'm gonna, I might have to figure something else out there, but <laughs> I'll try to get that up as soon as I can. The problem is usually I'm in New York and then I can't have access to the computer at that point. But we will see. Um, anyway, so for Ben, for Milton, for Star Raptor, for everybody that joined us in the lovely chat tonight, that's going to do it for Outer Rim Transmission episode 118. Thanks for watching. May the Force be with you and transmission.